Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Not to be morbid, but let's face the facts. We are all going to die. Yes, it will happen. And as sad as that is, it's the truth. And that's why we estate plan. Your insurance, 401k bank accounts, all your tangible assets. But there's another side to this, your online presence. So many online accounts nowadays, email, social media, and now even more recently, crypto, NFTs, and people even have real estate in the metaverse. And that's what we're talking about today, managing your digital assets after you die. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is GAINS. And to talk about all of this, we're going to bring on Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview. The website, SenecalCapital.com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E, Capital.com. Bill, always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. How you doing? Andy, I'm doing awesome. I love chatting with you. So thanks for, for calling me again and having me on. This is just awesome. And like I said in the lead, we're talking about managing digital assets after you die. And I want to just open with this. Do your relatives, your heirs, your loved ones a favor. Pull all of this info together. Put it in a safe place and let your family know where to find it. Because the last thing people want to deal with when they're mourning the loss of a loved one is trying to track all of this stuff down. And I mean, we're talking about cloud accounts, online bank accounts, photo and video storage accounts, emails, um, and now even more recently, crypto accounts, NFTs, your property in the metaverse. There's a lot here, Bill. What's your advice? Gosh, you know, where do you begin, Andy? Um, I'm not a financial planner. I'm not a certified financial planner, but I did recently give a presentation up at Harper College in the, you know, the Palatine area up in the north suburbs, northwest suburbs, to a group of estate planning professionals. It's like, you know, my wife doesn't really care that much what my hobbies are. Like, you know, I've, I was an amateur book collector and I've got stacks of books that are first editions. But, you know, some of them I picked up for a dollar at your goodwill and they're worth maybe $30. And then some books that were my favorites, like Psycho by Robert Block and a few other books, you know, I, I spent a couple of hundred dollars on. Right. And they're only worth a couple of hundred dollars. But. You know, most of my kids don't care. Like, my, I've got four children. They don't care what books might be of value. And they certainly don't know about my interest in crypto for the most part. Not because I'm trying to be, 
hidden about it, but just they just don't care, right? And so, um, you know, I, I got to thinking, like, how could I, as a as a husband and a father, how do I, how do I leave a trail behind for my wife and my kids or my trusted contacts in order to find and return the cryptocurrency? God willing, it's worth something before I pass away. Um, and so it just, it made me think that it's a lot more complicated than I initially thought. Like, okay, being an investment advisor, whenever I open up an account for a client at one of the large broker dealers, they have the option of supplying a trusted contact form. A trusted contact form cannot be an investment advisor like myself, but it's typically an accountant, a loved one, or an attorney that the broker dealer can contact in the case there's like suspicious activity, or maybe you know they have a, a phone conversation with an elderly client, and it seems like maybe their cognitive ability is beginning to diminish. And it's a way of just providing a way for the broker dealer to protect themselves and ultimately to protect the account holder from any kind of nefarious action or uh, you know, um, crime against senior citizens, right? Things like that. And then, there's, of course, there's the beneficiary form, right? We all know that, you know, that's something that we don't have to talk that much about. Everybody knows what the beneficiary form is. But when you pass away, you know, it, it, are the beneficiaries, um, is there a, a, a transfer upon death form on record, you know, to, at the broker dealer? And then, of course, you know, it made me think of, you know, my wife and I have this um, oh, division of labor, I guess you'd call it. Like she's responsible for paying the bills. Like, could I get into my credit card accounts, my bank accounts, pay my car insurance, my homeowner's insurance, our healthcare insurance? Like, I'm not so sure I could do this um, without her. I mean, she she does a bulk of the bill paying, right? And but could she find my any you know digital assets that I have? So I began to a, compile a list of all the things that I should have in place, not only for my wife but especially for financial planners, who honestly don't know that much about cryptocurrency. And that's why consolidating all of this is key because your partner or family may not even know what you have, especially in the crypto world. And many financial advisors are clueless themselves on a lot of this stuff. So do them the favor and get it all together. I've been a member of the Illinois Continuity of Care, which is like a group of healthcare professionals. And one of the women inside this group I guess you could call her like she's the type of woman you would call if you want to close your house down, like you want to sell all the goods, you want to get rid of all the clothes. Like if my wife were to pass away, she comes in and takes care of the silverware and the plates and the clothing and the sweaters. And she said what's very, very common with people that were born after the, the depression is women in particular will take their gold jewelry or their engagement rings or gifts of gold and silver that were given to them and diamonds and sew them in the corners of draperies or wrap it up in a handkerchief and put it on the inside pocket of a suit or a sport coat in the basement. So they're, they're kind of like these mini squirrels of wealth. And she literally has to go like she was like, if she was trying to check for narcotics at the airport, that's how she goes through every single article, article of clothing for some people, because the older they get, they get a little bit more paranoid. They're more cautious about their net worth and they have family heirlooms that have a great monetary value. So how do you, how do you, how do you find it with crypto? Cause crypto people are kind of the same way. We're a little bit paranoid. We're very secure minded, security minded. And so if I were to pass away today, like my friend Matt calls it a checkout date. Like if I meet my checkout date today, I have a heart attack or a stroke or I'm incapacitated. How can my family members find these digital assets? And 
it's relatively easy when it's a centralized location like say Coinbase, or maybe if my 401k or my Roth IRA has the grayscale Bitcoin investment trust in it, like that's easy because it's a centralized location. But what happens if I get into a car accident and my cell phone is damaged or uh, my house burns down or there's a leak and my desktop computer is damaged? How does my wife recover like a wallet or any of those things, you know, and, and I think it's just these steps that we have to think about. And and one thing I wanted to get in real quick, uh, a key to a lot of this is the cell phone. So passwords and a lot of that stuff is key. Continue. When my mom passed away in 2021, it was immediately shut everything down. Close the checking accounts, close her account, get rid of the her, her IRA, cancel her cell phone um, account. And it made me realize that like, that's the last thing you want to do if a loved one passes away with cryptocurrency because they could have a wallet application on their smartphone. And if you cancel their cell phone account just because you think it's got to get done, how are you going to recreate that wallet if your phone's completely wiped out and maybe you wiped it clean and donated it to like the Goodwill? Yeah, if that happens, that crypto is going to be lost forever. But I mean, this is just similar to traditional estate planning, but just in a different universe. We're not doing anything different with crypto than we're doing with our traditional um, finances in our account. So it's, it's probably a good exercise to have. And, and it's beyond just crypto, too. We, you know, we talk about crypto on the Gains podcast a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about that. But it's also online bank accounts. There's photo and video storage accounts, social media, Facebook. Right. I, I, how many times, Bill, do you see where... You know, somebody's died and nobody has closed down their Facebook account. And it can be really creepy and weird. Um, There's a bunch of areas. So when you're compiling a list with all these things, what does that list look like? Sure. Oh, my gosh, Andy. I mean, there's your Facebook accounts. Like how how weird or uncomfortable is it to receive a birthday reminder from someone that has already passed away a few years ago? Uh, I know people that have passed away that I still receive LinkedIn notifications. I did a search for the average number of passwords that a person has these days. And it's almost a hundred passwords, username and passwords, a hundred. Like it's almost an insurmountable task for me to think about LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, online banking, family banking, business banking, business checking, insurance, car insurance, homeowners insurance, credit card. Like I, it's, it's, you just have to take it, one step at a time, right? And just don't and don't overwhelm yourself. And I challenge all our gains listeners, including myself, to start today. After listening to the podcast, of course, <laughs> start with the phone, email, social media, crypto accounts, logins and passwords. Get that information together. Get things started. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but first, be sure to subscribe follow leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and as always subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops we drop gains episodes on wednesday and friday mornings we'll be right back call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, back with Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview. The website, of course, SenecalCapital.com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E Capital.com. So, Bill, we know why it's important, and we've committed to consolidating this stuff together. How do you get started? Tips on getting a list together. Well, you know, with, with the Facebook and, you know, the general web logins, I keep a very general um, Excel spreadsheet of a, you know, login username and a password and the web link, you know, the web address to click on so that like a loved one can just click on, you know, cell D2 or D3 or D4 and get right to the, the login page. But I don't keep this on my laptop. I don't keep it on a desktop. I keep it on a USB stick or I write it down on paper and then I put it in a safe location. Because they may be multiple you know, copies too. If 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 you do sure. this, do you have it in multiple spots, maybe a hard copy as well? Yeah, and I and I think Andy, you know, there's there's no one answer. I mean, everybody has to do what they're familiar with, but the truth is we're moving more and more away from paper statements and I mean away from paper statements into electronic statements. So having access to email, username and password with email, uh, both on my phone, on my laptop, on a and on a desktop computer, and and, and it's not easy because the uh, the theory is is that you're supposed to be changing your password at least once a year, and actually Zillennials are worse at this. You know we're not supposed to have the same username and password with our personal logins as with our work information, and then there are people who use applications like LastPass and other software services that aggregate and they keep track of your username and password and your login credentials using high-level encryption. But even then, those passwords, if they're, if they're password 123 or I love dogs and cats 789, you know, you're going to get hacked and that information is going to potentially get lost. Right. So, so, there, so there's all that. I would tell people that make sure that you don't disconnect or disable a loved one's cell phone for at least until the estate has clearly been settled and you feel that you've collected all the information because as you know more and more companies are moving moving toward two-factor authentication as a security feature that's that's another point that's a great point about the cell phone i i I would think that the number one thing just keep in mind is you don't shut down that cell phone right away because a lot of times it makes it difficult to even get in and into the email yes you got to have your SMS messaging enabled. And I think that that's also very, very important because there, there really are very few, if any, cryptocurrency exchanges or any exchanges. You know, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, Fidelity, uh, your local 401k is, wants to send you a text message or send you a, they want to call you on your phone. Uh, you know, more people have gotten rid of their landline and now use their cell phone exclusively. So you have to have that cell phone live in order to receive perhaps that phone call of a recorded message that gives you a six digit number to get into your work 401k or your employer, you know, uh, 401k. So, you know, to do that. And also, you know, your loved ones have to be able to look on your phone and log in with the pin code. Like, do you have a four or six or five digit pin code to get into your cell phone? Um, You know, cryptocurrency exchanges are very fond of discouraging SMS text messaging. So do you have a authentication app installed? Do you have Google Authenticator or Authy authentication app on your phone, right? So you're getting your you're getting your your two-factor authentication code from a different app that's other than an SMS text message. 
Make sure you have your PIN codes and your passwords for your authentication apps because that's a whole other thing. One other thing, too, is if your spouse or other family members aren't really savvy to a lot of the things we were talking about, especially when it comes to crypto and some of this other stuff, you might even designate somebody that you know to help guide them potentially. Um, I would say that this situation and it has been highlighted for me based on a conversation I had with a gentleman who contacted me from a meetup group um, that re- recently retired. And he just you know, bought a little bit of Ethereum back in 2016. And now that Ethereum, the, the, the value of that Ethereum is, has greatly eclipsed what you know, 40 years of working in financial services and technology has provided for him. So he has my contact information he's provided to his wife and to his family members and to his estate planning attorney, because at least I'm a trusted contact. I'm not saying that I'm going to be alone in a room with his wallet or with his cell phone. I'm just saying at least I can explain these little clues of ownership that might direct this in a, a, a position of recovering these assets. That's a great point. And everybody should think about that as well. Is there somebody that you really trust that could maybe guide your family members if they aren't familiar with with a lot of these things? And and, and, and there's a, a bunch of factors that they might know about that family members wouldn't even think about. Is there a Coinbase account? Does, does his Chase Bank have dollar cost averaging configured at Coinbase so that he's making dollar cost averaging contributions every single month? Do you have access to the big statements? So many factors here. So many different things to keep track of. Well, Pamela Morgan uh, wrote a book. I would call it the first book about crypto inheritance planning. And so all my ideas really are just based off of Pamela's inspiration with my own version of what she's trying to bring. But, you know, Andy, I'm sure you have you don't have to reveal this, but. Let's just say that, not, okay, not you specifically, but people that would attend my meetup groups and people that I know from the, the blockchain um, uh, seminars and webinars and trade shows, right? Even going to the money show, it's like there's cryptocurrency people there. So they have maybe multiple wallets on their smartphone. Maybe they have multiple wallets downloaded on their desktop. Do you have the Windows login? Do you have the Windows password? Is there a BIOS password on the computer that even blocks you from getting to windows right um is there a vpn installed on your phone why is that a big deal well it probably means that if you had a vpn you were logging in in 2015 or 2016 to some you know some exchange in estonia or in hong kong back before anybody at the sec or anybody was talking about you know initial coin offerings being securities like you know, remember, cryptocurrency has just moved so fast. You know, back in 2009, 2010, Mt. Gox, up until Ethereum in 2015 and even 2016, this was just play money. This was just joking around. Like, nobody really knew this. I mean, yeah, there were some people knew it was going to be a thing, but nobody really, you were still logging into, like, trading card platforms in order to get your Bitcoin, or you were meeting people on Craigslist in order to, to, to swap cash for for, for Bitcoin. And so maybe you have a wallet on your phone that, you know, you use the VPN to, to log in somewhere or to protect yourself against getting hacked. I mean, there's like a 101 different ways of just traditional protection against cybersecurity and man in the middle attacks. Why you would have a, a virtual private network installed on your computer. 
um, just to provide safety, right? Typical cybersecurity safety, use a VPN. Okay, well, interesting. Did they also have a Binance account, you know, before they did a, a US Binance like a few years ago? What if you had an old Binance account and you, you know, I mean, there's like a lot of questions that, and I have more questions than I do answers, Andy, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, if you're trying to move, move a cryptocurrency off in your NFT, do you have access to Ethereum in order to use as the gas network fee to get your NFT off the exchange and liquidated, right? And so there's just like a lot of things you have to think about that you don't know what to do until you're stuck. Uh, and I think a lot of people, you know, would, would feel like, boy, this is, it's harder and more difficult and cumbersome, at least still today, than I expected. You know, the whole point of today is consolidate a lot of this information, get it into a safe place, let somebody, your, your loved one, know about it, mm -hmm. uh, the people you trust. Uh, if they don't fully grasp uh, some of this stuff, maybe, you know, reach out to a trusted person who can, can help sure. them, you know, upon your death. How do you get started? And, and I guess that's the big thing today sure. is what's your, your advice for people to get okay. this started so that, well, you know, it's in the, the mm -hmm. wheels are in motion before something, you know, does happen. Like I, I think I had mentioned this on a previous podcast, Andy, and that is I have a one page worksheet that I give away freely to people. And again, it's based on, on Pamela Morgan's work before me, but it's a way of on, on paper, on ink, to write down, say, the location of, like, you know, I've downloaded, I've downloaded a wallet. It's on my Android phone. The PIN code to get into my phone is this. The password and username to get into the wallet is that. This is the seed phrase that I used to create the wallet. And this is the token that's on that wallet. And this is a rough dollar value. Now, the dollar values, of course, have dropped about 60% since I started this worksheet or more. Right. But it's a start and people can print, you know, 25 copies, 10 copies and keep it with you and have a hard copy representation of the seed phrase, which is what you absolutely have to have. And the pin code and password to get through a laptop computer or a desktop and the operating. Uh, you don't actually you don't always need to have the operating system of the phone, but I do that just for convenience and any notes, you know, any kind of quirky things, because this is still art and it's not fully science. That's where I get started with the cryptocurrency places, you know, wrap it up, put it into a folder, you know, put a, <clears throat> melt some wax on the lid, put a stamp on it of your ring and put it away in a safety deposit box or someplace safe. And you have to write a letter. You have to write a letter to your wife, to your kids, and you have to write it as if you're five years old. Super simple. Like, uh, you know, I, Bill, hereby request and have contacted Andy Gersher. He's my trusted go-to guy. He understands crypto better than anyone I know. And while I'm not saying you should leave him in a room alone with all my laptops and computers, you know, he's the guy you should talk to to help recover my cryptocurrency and my digital assets for my estate. And I want to stress how important the phone is. It is a key component to all of this. I'll tell you another reason why it's important, Andy, and that is, you know, exchanges and, and actually all financial services companies are very um, aware of the IP address that you're logging in from. And this, they use it to detect cybersecurity and nefarious actors from logging into your bank account or your Fidelity account or your Coinbase account. And so what happens if I were to die? Okay, I live here in the Midwest. Maybe my daughter's in Hawaii. 
um, and she wants to help my wife settle my estate, and she takes a laptop back with her because she can't leave her kids and her husband there. Well, she logs in from a different IP address, or maybe someone's just on the other side of town. I'm, you know, I live in the north suburbs of Chicago. Maybe, uh, you know, Andy, you log in with my username and password because my wife trusts you. You log in with my username and password in the city of Chicago, and all of a sudden, you've triggered an IP alert because it doesn't recognize you logging in from that IP address. Then it sends a security alert to the email address on record. Like you need to have my Gmail account or my Yahoo account or my AOL account or my whatever account. You have to have access to that because the question is, did you log in from this IP address? If you did, you can ignore this message. Or if you did, click here, right, to make sure that we're, your account has been secured. So it's it's messy. It's really messy. And I don't have a full answer for you. I'm just saying you got to have everything just in case because you're not sure what you're not going to, you don't know exactly what you're going to need in order to log into say a Coinbase account or a, a Binance account or a Poloniex account or these other exchanges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, and, and then the other thing is, do you think a lot of estate planners are aware of this? And if you do have an estate planner, uh, the first thing I would do is call them up and, and, and ask them, are you accounting for this? Is this part of the plan? Because if your estate planner isn't thinking about this type of stuff, mm-hmm. maybe you should go get a new, new estate planner as well, right? I'll be honest with you, Andy. When I presented for the Northwest Suburban Estate Planning Group uh, about a month ago at Harper College, the room had about 30 people in it. And the moderator asked the question, how many people here in the audience that are estate planning professionals how many people have received a contact or an inquiry about digital assets or Bitcoin from your clients? And I would say 80% of the people in the audience, so about 25 people, raised their hand. That's why they were there. The, the, the presentation I gave was not Bitcoin 101. I mean, these people are going to have to educate themselves. But the class in this presentation for about an hour, which was woefully inadequate, I'll be honest with you, was to say, hey, you need to have a trusted contact. You know, does the client have a safety deposit box? Is the estate planning attorney familiar with digital assets? Do you have a financial advisor like myself? Do you have a financial advisor aware? Why? Well, if you're advising the, the family and they own the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, wouldn't you want to know is trading at a 30% discount to net asset value? Or would you rather maybe sell the assets when it's 30% premium? to net asset value because the grayscale trusts are very similar to a closed end trust. They trade at a premium when there's optimism and they treat it a big discount to spot when there's uh, pessimism. You know, what's the pin code to your, your treasure? What's the pin code to your ledger nano S what's the pin code to your phone? Were they, were these, were these individuals (laughs) that you were talking to, were they aware of this Uh, or were they, is that why they attended? Cause I'm, I'm thinking that part of the problem is, I'm not even sure a lot of estate planners are really up to speed on a lot of this. And, and that's a concern in itself, too, because if you're working with a professional and you're paying somebody, you know, asking them these questions and making sure that they would be able to handle this at least or, or help you or steer you in the right direction is key. In my opinion, the answer is no. I would say that we're still very early in this, Andy. And, you know, people like yourself and myself, you know, we were you know, we're, we're, we're trying to be first movers. We're into technology. We're trying to skate to where the puck is going to be. And still in my conversations with other estate planning attorneys, estate planning professionals, financial advisors, 
they still haven't gotten the go-ahead that they can recommend or even have a conversation about cryptocurrency and digital assets. They're already 10 years behind the curve. Bill, maybe they should, too, be listening to the Gaines podcast. Anyway, well, as we're wrapping up today's Gaines podcast, uh, I mean, what's your final thoughts on this? And, and again, this is beyond crypto, and we're even talking photo and video storage accounts, um, you know, email accounts, uh, cloud accounts, blogs. I, I, there's, there's a huge online presence that people have now, and that's all part of it. Facebook accounts, I mean, ha- Pulling all that information together and having it in a very concise place is going to be doing your loved ones a a huge favor. And your final thoughts on today's Gains podcast. Well, you know, I think, Andy, what I would do is I probably would get a nice USB stick and maybe, you know, encrypt it with BitLocker or something from Microsoft and leave it, leave it, leave it on your computer, at least for now, Like, like get started either with an Excel spreadsheet a piece of paper and a pen or a USB stick that's disconnected from the internet, or you can, you can take offline from the internet. And as you're logging in, or maybe go to your Google history or your Mozilla history, and just look at some of the login places that you've, you've done in the last month or two, and begin keeping track of that, of your username and the password in a spreadsheet. Uh, And again, I think you're, I don't think we're going to get them all, but at least you're giving your loved ones an opportunity of recapturing. Like, like, for example, for today's interview, you and I were chatting, you know, on WBBM. Like, I logged into my Facebook account while I was preparing for the talk, and there is something called a memorialization contact person. So if I die, the person who's in charge of my, my, my memories, my memorialization, can log into my account and shut it down. They can inform other loved ones that I'm dead and they're, they're kind of in charge of the, of my account. Uh, I'm also the administrator for a couple of Facebook groups. I've I've got a co-administrator so that if I die, they can at least shut it down for me. So it's like all these little steps, but you know, you got to begin, right? You have the, the, the journey of a thousand steps, right? Begins with the first, the first step. So just get started. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't panic but just start some kind of spreadsheet. If you're scribbling it on paper, that's even fine. And, and if anybody, again, is into the digital asset space, I have a one pager. I'll be happy to share with anybody who emails me at, uh, at, at info at senecalcapital.com. Info at senecalcapital.com is a one page PDF. Print out 25 copies, you know, for uh, yourself and start keeping track of your, you know, your pin codes on your phone and your, authorization apps and any wallets you might have on your phone. And again, I challenge all the gains listeners right after this podcast to get started. Hey, big thanks to Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview, the website senecalcapital.com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E capital.com. Hey, be sure to subscribe follow leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and as always subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops we are back on wednesday and i look forward to seeing you then a news radio wbbm podcast powered by odyssey t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.